to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Uh, I, I see you found the card. <laughs> Do you want to read that out? <laughs> it's, the, it's, the quiz, it's the quiz card that keeps on giving. <laughs> so this card slips on our desk. It's covered in dust, but I, I read it again and it just cracks me up every time. Which of these is the archetypical multi-tool? The French Navy fork. The Dutch Air Force dish, the Swiss Army knife, or the German Marine spoon. <laughs> oh, that never failed. And with that, welcome to episode 257 of the Chris and Sam podcast. My name's Sam. I'm Chris. Uh, yes, that is a quiz card, I think, for children, maybe. Uh, brings great joy to Chris. It, we got that from a Secret Santa? Was that what we got it from? Oh, I want to say yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's the only card I remember. The others are somewhere. Uh, <clears throat> the other box. Let's do one. Let's do one. We'll You're going to do one. Out. Okay. Out the box is here, but we'll leave the. Um, this is a general knowledge box, apparently, of questions. <laughs> this is just as bad. <laughs> Which of these is a type of gorilla? A gold back, a silver back, a bronze back, or a platinum back? <laughs> those platinum backs. You got to watch out for those. <laughs> Okay, all right, that's, what, uh, that's enough of that. How's your week been? Um, up and down. Are you feeling old? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah probably. Probably, day a of recording. A little, 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 little overweight. Recording it on Friday, Saturday is Chris's birthday, so uh, make sure you wish him a happy birthday on all the social media. He may or may not see it. <laughs> probably not. Um, yeah, no, birthdays are not a thing um, for me and my family, generally. So we no. never never did those things. So meh, I forget. To you be forget. I tell you what, I don't forget. Freaking What's that? doctors, doctors are a rip off, man. Are they though? Oh, are I they? Say, I want to say so. Look, so I, I've had a a mole type blood blister thing, which I've had mole mapped before, and it's like, oh, no, it looks fine. Anyway, I must have caught it on something, or I don't know, and and it's got caught again and again because it's right where the seatbelt is on my rib cage and um, it's infected. Not, not not pleasant all that sort of stuff. But yeah, okay, I'll go to the doctors, get it checked. Plus there's that whole potential melanoma thing and all that. So I'm there for 10 minutes. Yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah, that's infected. Yeah, it should get that cut out, but I uh, can't get it cut out till the infection's gone. Um, so here's some antibiotics. Um, and we don't do cutting out of the surgery and stuff. Here's a place you can do, um, and it'll cost you 350 bucks to do that. Um, but yeah, so for today, that's 48 bucks. Well, that's right. So 48 bucks plus the five that you have to pay for prescription just to get antibiotics, effectively. And then I rang the um, Allison surgery, and she goes, oh, I said, oh, I want to come in next, uh, on Friday. Because that's when the antibiotics will run out. Oh no, we were too busy for that. We booked up. Oh, oh, okay. Given that their flyer is a photocopied piece of paper, I was like, you know, folded up. It is trifolded, but it is a photocopied piece of paper. I was like, oh, you're busy, are you? Oh, okay. And um, she goes, oh, I'll call you back tomorrow when I've worked it out, or, or maybe the next day. 
Oh my gosh, that, it's, that fills you with that confidence. Was, that was Monday, it's Friday today. Um, to be fair, we've only just got up, it's really early in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, whatever. But um, I have yet to hear from them. You're not, so. not going to hear from them. She's written on a weird piece of paper and she's lost it and she doesn't know how to work a phone. But she got sent a referral from the doctor. Oh no, no, she's got to take her time to work through those. Don't worry about those. Uh, so anyway, um, but anyway, yeah. I, I, I have that feeling that doctors are a rip-off. Anyway, moving Well, on. are they? Because I, there's that whole thing with, like, plumbers and that. You're not paying for them to do the... You're paying for their knowledge, really. Mm. Yes. And when you reframe it like that, which I've had to do many of time, especially with mechanics seem to be my thing, <laughs> I'm like, I can't fix this thing myself, uh, and it will take me a long time to work out how to do it. Honestly, I would do a lot of car work and learn how to do bits and pieces if I had a second car. That I could drive around while I'm dismantling the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think it is probably, you just have to realize some days you are paying for the expertise and they can solve a problem. My brother-in-law goes through this all the time with the locksmith thing. Yeah, that's um, true. People are always like, oh, just, like, the biggest one is they're like, he'll give them a price of how to open a car and stuff. And then they're just like, oh, I'll just smash a window. Like, that's the... There's, that's the alternative they go with. And sometimes that can work out more expensive than... Just getting them to open a car. God damn. Yeah, no. Okay, I, I think you've got you've got a point. Maybe my doctor just is so unsympathetic about anything. Maybe that's and, it. And so Maybe just Chris, just, out, Chris needed rubs, a little rubs. bit more caring with his weird body mole thing. Yeah. Oh, my doctor's not the greatest. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> I don't know. You haven't met my doctor yet. <laughs> he, he's great. Uh, you want some Panadol? Okay. Um, that's his answer for everything. I think he's, he must get a kickback on it somewhere. I'm not <laughs> sure how it works. Hey, wheelie bins are coming finally to Hamilton. Is that a good thing or or not? I don't know. Well, yeah, because I don't need to worry about stupid rubbish bags. So basically, uh, it's inter- I find it interesting because a whole bunch of other councils have already done the whole wheelie bin thing. Um, and we're sort of following along with how Rotorua has done it. So we're getting a 240 litre big bin. And that's for recycling. Oh, okay. 120 litre bin is for general rubbish. And I think we either keep the box we've got now or we'll get a new one for glass. And that's the same as Rotorua. The extra that Christchurch has, they have a green waste bin, which I really think is great. So you can put all your lawn clippings in there and they empty that. We're not getting that. We're getting a 45 litre. Oh, and also... Those bins that we're getting get emptied every two weeks, Chris. Remember that? Every second week, they come and pick that up. But Hamilton Council has decided to get a little 45-litre bin with a little lid, and that's for food scraps. Oh, okay. That's and that's getting thing. that's getting picked up every week. But you could put long clippings in that, no bed, no? Well, no, it's a, yeah, but 45, it's a tiny little bin. Oh, okay. Like, oh. yeah, no, you're not going to be doing that. Uh, so it's interesting, but they've also so said... So when you say food scraps, is that meat as well as fish? Oh, there's bound to be all sorts of things. But apparently the recycling bin can now take all pizza boxes and all the plastic from one to seven, I think it is. Whereas before they are all, all over. Okay. I've never been anywhere where we've had wheelie bins. That's why I ask if it's a good thing, because I have no experience with them. Well, you just wheel them out to the front. But what Hamilton City Council's <laughs> done which I don't know if other councils do, but they seem to be like touting it as a thing. Uh, if you're old or you're going to have trouble moving these bins around, uh, you can register uh, in their system and the people will come and grab the bin from where it is and take it out and empty it and then put it back. Right. 
So, I don't know how much time that's going to add to their days. Well, that's why they only do it once every two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. It'll be, I don't know, be interesting. So, uh, that's coming June or July next year. Oh, okay. No, no, that's that's a good thing. Um, clean up that corner of the garage. Speaking of cleaning up the garage. Wow. Don't look around. <laughs> Avert your eyes. <clears throat> yeah, I actually, we've got a flat inspection. Um, oh, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, Ta- Tanya was telling me all the things he should be doing. I'm like, mm, he's never done any of that. He doesn't do anything. What's his name? <laughs> Wesley. Wesley. Wesley Snipes comes around <laughs> and just wanders in and glances and makes sure that the house is still standing. And then, oh, one time he came down here and I swear he was rummaging around in the dungeon for a bit. And then he come back and he's like, okay. And then he just wanders off. I think I showed him the dungeon. He goes, oh, I didn't know there was a room in here. Yeah, oh, there you go. Um, yeah. So. Anyway. Actually, you wouldn't, though. <laughs> like, well, you wouldn't. It's, oh, God. Um, okay, so um, did, speaking of um, a messy place, well, it's not really a good segue, but anyway, did you see the um, story on Rod Stewart's railway? I was about to put it in there, and then I saw you had already seen it. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I read it, yeah. Pretty cool. What, what got me, so Rod Stewart has a model uh, railway, and he's finally um, made it public, or, or he did an interview with it. He with a magazine, of, and they photographed it and all the rest of it. 26 it, years in the making? Yeah, exactly. And um, what got me about the story was, you know, he would go on tour, and that was his thing. He would book a second bedroom that he would work and, and put a ventila- additional ventilation there. Yeah, they'd take all the furniture out of the room next door to him, <laughs> ventilate it, and then he could build his models and glue stuff together. Yeah, and he said there's loads of pieces that were created while on tour but it's what kept him sane and drug free i would say um through some of those tours yeah i think and, yeah. yeah i think that's a great thing for an, a um a, a music musician to do something art, artistic or modeling well, i think ed sharon builds lego sets he has to have a, like a big lego set there and he builds that while he's on tour cool as well but um, I've never got into that. I don't know how anyone can call that a thing. What's that? Making Lego stuff. Oh my gosh! You should go on the Lego. Uh, I know. I know. I I just I just I've never had a big enough Lego set that was a thing. It was like oh, I can make the car and I can unmake the car and I can remake the car. And I'm talking about an eight block car. <laughs> oh, you should see the Lego group on Facebook. The stuff they're making. The amount of pieces they order. For their, they call them mocks, my own creations. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. But Rod Stewart, make sure to follow the link and have a look online. Uh, check out the show notes because the photos are really cool. It's his uh, sort of version of uh, industrial America. Yeah, yeah. Um, very clever. But he also says in because he grew up in was it Birmingham or somewhere like that. Yeah, something like that. And and it remind it looks like what he used to see out of his bedroom window as a kid. Yeah, which got him interested in the first place. But. But he's focused on America. Yeah. But he sort of said it's got to the point like where you can talk about what your hobbies are. Because back in the day, he was like, oh, never really mentioned to anyone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. they'd all be like, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah. And good on him. Good on him. Good well, stuff. also, uh, do, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think any of his, I think he's got eight children. Do you think any of them are allowed in that room? <laughs> he built it. They a, might be now. Maybe now. Well, only when they like turn 30, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're allowed to go into the attic. 
Yeah. You're not unsupervised, though. He wouldn't even let them now go unsupervised. Um, so there, there was a story which I've written down here, but I haven't got any detail. So you're going to get the loose story. All right. Um, it's a place in the States. I want to think it's in the South, but I, I didn't bother it writing it. It could be anywhere. could be anywhere. I didn't bother writing it down, but it cracked me up because they interviewed the librarian there. So somebody has been going in and finding books that um, disparage Trump okay and hiding them and so you know how they edge the books so the yeah. books are on the edge of the bookshelf they'll pull it out they'll go to a different shelf and they'll pop it in behind how, how many books are there against trump <laughs> well they've found like 15 20 books so there's a couple of the recent ones that have been um written because the trump presidency has created more new books than any other <laughs> Oh, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would, actually. <laughs> Honestly. So all of those, and then there's things that are, uh, you know, pro-LBGT have been hidden and all the rest of it, and somebody's left a note saying, um, we will keep hiding these as long as you keep putting them back or something like that. You'll never get us. And the librarian's like, well, you know, that book might be against what she believe he or she believes, but it's right next to another book that is pro-white, he or she believes. Like, yeah. we're not biased one way or another. Uh, it's probably... It just adds, tr- you know, adds more work. I'm sure there's an oath that all the librarians sign up to about free speech and something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I bet. sure. I bet there is. But, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it just cracked me up. Somebody's like, this is my protest. So, there was a story the other day, and I was going to tell you about it, and I didn't. And then there was a follow-up story, so I'll give you the brief rundown, right? So, this 14-year-old called Johnny O'Neill, like, he couldn't have had a better name if he tried. Johnny (laughs) O'Neill. Good one, mum and dad. Yeah. He's 14, okay? Just keep that in mind. He started his own garden maintenance business in 2017. All right. I think I might have heard something about this, Karen. Yeah, and he's in central Otago. He's got 293 customers. Uh, he makes 100k a year, this kid. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, he's got two staff as well that help him. And he still goes to school and he loves doing this. And his ultimate goal is he wants to own an earth moving business. That's what he wants to do. Anyway, he was driving around getting from job to job on his ride on lawnmower. And I think most people were just like, there's that kid on his lawnmower. What's the deal? But someone obviously had to complain to the police. And I read one of the comments and they sounded like they sort of knew the police and they were like, they didn't really want to talk to him, but they had to. So they sort of said, you can't ride your lawnmower on the road. Like it's illegal. So anyway, he's now saying that he might have to employ somebody just to drive his lawnmower to where it has to go. And it's a pain in the ass. But uh, one of the councillors, uh, oh, Waitaki MP Jackie Dean, who apparently has jumped on the bandwagon to help offer some support to this dude, she wants a change to the Land Transport Act, allowing for low-powered vehicles um, to have bigger maximum power. So you can't have anything over 300 watts. So his lawnmower is 780cc, but it can only go like 10 kilometres at the fastest. Yeah. But I was just blown away with... Uh, the amount of customers this kid has. Oh, yeah. I didn't read any of that stuff. I just heard that he, yeah. And I was like, I'm not interested. Um, but, yeah, no. Yeah, 100K. Holy crap. That's what it said. Good, um, on. Good yeah. on him. No, um, just that reminded me of something I listened to yesterday. It's not written down. But um, there's a guy in Belgium, Bel- a Belgian guy in a Belgium. Be- yeah, yeah, there we go. 
he is just going to graduate from university and get his degree in electrical oh, engineering. Is he, he must be super young. Yes. How, how young do you think? 13. Nine. What? How clever is that dude? So he went to school at four instead of five, pre-primary okay, school. Okay, yeah. He did the first year. So, oh, yeah. So uh, primary school is supposed to be six years in, in yeah. um, okay. Belgium. Yeah, that makes sense. Is it Belgium? De- Denmark. Oh, crap. Now I can't remember. A country in <laughs> Europe. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, and uh, it was six years. And he did the first year, he did two years worth. And the second year, he did the other four. And then he did um, high school. And, and he didn't, like, just go in and out. He did everything they got him to do. Where everybody else was, was doing a chapter, he would do a book. He would do a book a night. Man. And he's I- bored. He was like, I'm still bored. I'm still bored. And then he did, because um, they interviewed, they had two BBC people interviewing him. He was that, yeah. hurry up, I'm bored. Um, <laughs> and then all his answers were yes or no. It cracked me up. It was so funny. Oh. Uh, He's got no time uh, for... But his parents, they said to his parents, like, um, did you know he was like a genius? She said, well, really the grandparents brought him up because we were um, busy Hippies. working. And oh, okay. I, I think they were commuting a lot or, or travelling around. some sort of stuff. weird backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, so the, they would keep going, oh, he's amazing. He's a genius. And we're like, your grandparents, that's what all your grandparents... <laughs> that's what all grandparents <laughs> say. Well, until they went to the school and the school goes... Bah. You need to send him somewhere else because we've done everything. He, he knows that everything. That must be. So, yeah. So then he went to high school. I think, I want to say he did four or five years in high school in one year. And then he started university. He's, he's going to get his electrical degree. And they say, what do you want to do for the future? And he says, I want to work in life extension. Uh, what do you mean? Like, I want to create, either clone, create genetically or whatever, organs, new organs for this- people so they live longer. And they go, so you've fit. Um, the guy was a bit of a dick, actually. The, the interviewer. So you're this young, and you and you want to expand it. So well, I really want it for my grandparents. That's <laughs> what kids, yeah. Said, which is like, yeah. So he duh. could be the start of some sort of evil genius. <laughs> just saying. But as a parent slash teacher, it must be, it'd be it must because you're dealing with average normal people. Sorry, not average normal people all the time. Yeah. And then this one kid comes through. And they must all have to jump on board and go, right. Because hey, it must be interesting. For That's, s- I'm sure someone like that would totally slip through the cracks here. They probably would, but it would be interesting because you'd all have to be like, right, we have to keep pushing this kid because he's so bored. Because otherwise they could just sit in the corner, or yeah. probably on a device, looking at a screen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what that would yeah, be yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. And if he wasn't pushed, he would probably just play up and God knows what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, be interesting to see if uh, anything more comes of this kid in the next, like, <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah, 20 say, years. I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, two years. Yeah, Two years. Whatever, yeah. Um, what was I going to say here? Right. Oh, did you hear about the Swiss? So the Swiss are the most organized people around, right? Okay. Some, some of the most organized yes. people around. We can agree on that. Let me open the, the thing. So I didn't know, and I'm going to read some of this out from the... Uh, BBC uh, website. The Swiss are nothing if not well prepared. This is a country with a nuclear bunker for every household in the country. Yeah. Did you know that? I didn't know yeah. that. A country that tests its air raid sirens every year. 
They've okay. never been to war, I don't think. And a country that, although one of the wealthiest in the world, stockpiles thousands of tons of goods in case of an emergency. Yeah. Including coffee. Oh, of course. So um, they have this huge amount of coffee. And this emergency supplies is 15,000 tons of coffee. Man, imagine what that looks like. Just be like cube pellets and <laughs> pellets and pellets and pellets. Yeah, which is enough to last the Swiss population eight of 8.5 million three months. So it's a three-month supply for imagine the Imagine doing procurement for this stuff. Like just everything. But you'd have to rotate it, right? You'd so you'd be getting, so. You're getting a month's supply every month, let's say, and dropping off the oldest month's supply back at... Somewhere. Somewhere so they can use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you'd have to do that. Otherwise, it'd just go off. There's no point. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, it, it, it's an essential part. It's part of an essential list of goods that includes sugar, flour, cooking oil, and rice, as well as fuel, fresh water, and medicines. Okay. So, um, why have a stockpile? Anyway, landlocked Switzerland produces only half of the food it needs, and severe shortages during both world wars encourage successive governments to build up stockpiles in order to support the population in case of an emergency. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, producers of goods on the essential list are required by law to store a certain amount, and the government pays for the cost of storage. Oh, that's how they do it. They don't have a central... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They're very clever. Um, private citizens are also expected to stock emergency supplies. Blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, so... They've said, right, well, this is costing a lot of money. Let's just get rid of the coffee. And, oh, so and the stress are gone. Oh, no, 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 no. They're like, well, it's not really um, emergency supplies. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> the coffee can I love how the story was about, like, Toblerone. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to have that chocolate. Yeah. Uh, Switzerland consumes a staggering, staggering eight kg of coffee per person per year which apparently is a lot okay I don't know. Uh, it's rare to find a swiss person who does not drink it uh, a milky coffee in the morning and a nice little espresso or ristretto after lunch and dinner not having that fix even for a week or so seems unimaginable to the population well if they're so uh, used to it and let's say addicted to it then they're going to be in for hard times for a week if they didn't have it then they'd come right. Like, that'd be all right after a while. So, yeah, so the upshot is the government went, well, we're going to get rid of the emergency supplies of coffee. And they went bananas, and the government's like, uh, okay, if it's that important to you, <laughs> we'll keep it. So that's where that was. But it just cracked me up. Is and it, I didn't know they had bunkers and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, is it, is it Switzerland? It, it's one of those... Switzerland. Yeah, no, but it's one of those European countries. I'm not sure if it's Switzerland, where the US Army has all that stuff stockpiled. They have all the, it's huge. You see a photo of it. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vehicles and all their equipment. And there's like two people's job just to make sure the vehicles can turn on. It's not just in Germany. Maybe. Can't yeah, because they had that huge bases in Germany. Yeah. Because they put in loads of the roads but so I know, they're wide enough for the tanks. Yeah. They, oh, right. they paid for the roads. Well, I know that wherever it is, it's all underground in a huge underground bunker in a mountain somewhere. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um,. What's, what's what do you reckon in New Zealand? Oh, what show was it? And they had that. They showed the emergency bunker at Parliament. What was that? And they went through it. Um, I remember seeing it. And they've got like a little bunker there. And they've got a room full of food. And it's probably only about a week's worth of food. 
And they've got like this little bunk room. It's about nine bunks in there. And that's where they all go if something goes wrong. Nope, never seen that. I can't remember where I saw it. But yeah, it's interesting. But I'm thinking, what's well, New Zealand one? Oh, we've got, we've got 12 jars of Marmite. Because <laughs> remember, the earthquake destroyed the factory that made the Marmite. And you, we didn't have any for, I don't know, 18 months or something. Because they couldn't ramp up production. And nobody else can make it in the world. Like, we've got the only place that can make it. And uh, yeah, it was that was pretty crazy. And people had to use Vegemite, and they were all upset. Um, well, people were selling the jars of half-eaten Marmite on Trade Me for like a hundred bucks. That's <laughs> crazy. Hey, did you see? Um, have you seen Stephen Colbert's got the newest Zealander? I think I showed you the first one. I've seen the second one. Oh, the second one now. Yeah, I haven't. I've only seen the second one. The second one's with Lucy, Lucy Lawless, Lawless and, and Brent. Brent. What is the name? Last name, McKenzie? don't know. McKenzie, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, it was good. I just wanted to see. Yeah, I, I quite like those. I'm going to keep watching those. Well, I think they definitely got their money's worth. Yes. Yes. Uh, although I am worried that the world now thinks we basically just eat white bread with everything. Yeah, I know. Like that's I the, never eat white Like bread. if white bread comes up again, I'm just going to be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I've because I'm waiting for them to bring out um, fairy bread, which is just margarine and sprinkles. <laughs> yeah, like, that'll be the other one. Oh God, no! Uh, yeah, that was I, that was noticeable. I noticed that. Hey, um, I'm going to talk about this Italian soccer coach who lost his job. Um, oh yeah. So the football club um, they, they played the bottom of the league team, so they won twenty seven nil soccer. Yeah. Which is, um, that's a good, big, good, good, big good. margin. Good. I'm guessing they're all drunk. Uh, no, I th- and it was a junior. It's a junior team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Italian football club fired his coach for winning 27-0. Oh, did they not? What? Why? Did they <laughs> um, not understand how the game Victor works? <laughs> junior coach Massimiliano Mas- yeah. Rattini was slammed by the club's president, Paolo Brogelli, for being disrespectful and humiliating the last-place side in the league, Marina Calcio, with the 27-0 score at the weekend. Uh, I'm not going to even try these other names. Are you sure? The sporting director I'm just imagining them all yelling at each other in Italian. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sporting director of the struggling youth team said the club had even been hammered by injuries and been forced to play an outfielder in goal. Um so, which is an excuse for why they lost so badly. One of the one of the Invictusuro players scored seven goals, um, and two others scoring six goals each. Whoa! <laughs> um, yeah, those we were stunned and deeply regretful when hearing our juniors team had been beaten had beaten them twenty seven nil. The values of youth team football are um, and antithetical to such a thing. The opponent must always be respected, and that did not happen today. As president, I sincerely apologise to the Marina Club, and I announced that our directors decided unanimously to sack Coach Riccini, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But do you? where do you draw the line, and do you think this is part of the old... I could, I could say... You know, stand him down so he learns a lesson from it. Maybe, yeah, but, but is, he's the coach. No, he's but, not responsible for what the players do on the field. And 
it's really no, hard for no, you is he to- though because if we lose at the rugby world cup whose fault is that <laughs> no, but uh, do you think? I'm not saying he doesn't have an influence, but 27 nil, he's not responsible no. for all those goals. But I wonder if it's a little bit of the new age that we live in, where there's no winners or losers. Everybody's a winner. Here's a special medal for you. Yeah, like someone's going to win and lose, and if the other team is that bad for whatever reason, they're going to get smashed. Well, Ricini has since fired back at the club's president for sacking him. Oh, uh, yeah. quote: <laughs> No one in the Invicto Invictosoro has is is that. Invictosaurus, is that like a dinosaur thing? Because that's all I can think of every time. It does sound like a dinosaur. Anyway, no one in the Invictosaurus has thought about humiliating or ridiculing, he told in Italian media. He argued scoring 27 goals at under-18 level was not disrespectful. The real defeat is to see how much hypocrisy, banality and soul poverty came out without any knowledge of the facts. (laughs) Okay, cool. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. It was just not what you expect, right? Somebody lost 27-0 and this coach got fired. Oh, yeah. It was the winning coach that got fired. What? (laughs) Yeah, a bit strange, I think. But, uh, yeah. And? 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 Ebola. The second Ebola vaccine has been uh, announced. So they've got two Ebola vaccines now. One is, um, one's from Johnson & Johnson. The other one's from Merck. Um, one of them, I'm not going to get them right which way round it is, but one of them's um, a two-shot, and I think it's the two-shot that is like a prophylactic if you're in uh, around somebody. So you come back from Africa with Ebola. Yeah, of course. They'll inject me and... Everyone else. Everyone you know oh, yeah, with yeah. this thing to stop us from getting it from you. Yeah. Um, so it's already there. And the other one, I think the Johnson Johnson one, the newer one, is a one-shot... And it's a general, um, well, Ebola might be coming this way. Everybody gets it on the off chance. Oh. So there's a different way it works or something. But what, what, what's got me is that, you know, okay, so Ebola has been an issue since the late 60s. Yes. Um, 1970 at the latest, I think it is. And um, it's killed a lot of people in possibly the most horrific way um, we know of. And they only started working on a vaccine after it hit Europe um, two years ago. And it only took them two years to find vaccines. Um, and white people suck. That's, that's all I want to say about that. I don't know why you're surprised. You only have to worry about it when it comes to your country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That, it's so... Oh, that's so shitty. That happy news, Chris, brings us to the end of the podcast. Okay. All right. Sorry. So yeah. uh, make sure to check out the show notes and everything at the com. I did want to say one thing before we go. Oh, go. I got to ride in a Tesla. Oh, nice. Yes. Because uh, uh, I didn't mention it because we'd already recorded last episode last week. But um, last Friday, um, well, it's last Thursday that I, I got my ride. But last Friday, uh, Paul Spain, shout out to Paul Spain. He... Uh, Runs New Zealand Tech podcast. He he hosts that. Yeah. Um. He was doing a speaking gig and he got me in coaching. I did an amazing job for him. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll testify to that. Anyway, so for Thursday we went up. I spent uh, the day going through his talk because his talk was Friday morning. Um. And then um we had to go to the the venue that night or you know five o'clock or something. So we drove off in his Tesla. It was really cool. Has he got one? Yeah, he bought one. Um, oh. So he's like, I've never bought a brand new car my whole life, but, you know, 
I'm a futurist. He's got to have the gadgets. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's it's a business expense, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no, it was really cool. And so uh, yeah, five o'clock in Auckland, you can imagine what the traffic was like. Yeah. So he's just put it on automatic. Yeah. And it's just following the car in front, and he's just not really? put his hand on there. I the only thing is, it, it left more of a gap in front than yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. definitely would have. But it's a robot, so you'd sort of go, yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's really cool. Because interestingly, really all the stories are coming out, especially here in New Zealand, eh, with all the people saying most unreliable car I've ever owned. Oh, really? Because he got, um, he got, we get into the car, he goes, oh, I hope this starts. But worried because I authorised the update so it has an update and I think windows updates comes at the wrong time and all that and if it crashes but he goes i'm one of the first one percent in the world to get this update because you know calendar yeah, 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 yeah. whatever um and he goes uh and it's just increased the power by five percent just what and you it just, but it blows my mind it's like you know you can get a software update to yeah. make your car faster like some, okay some dude's been waiting months for tesla to come sort out his battery issue they think, and then uh, there was another story, but it was on the premium locked Herald thing, so I didn't read it at all. But this uh, lawyer from somewhere Auckland, I guess, she's got one, and she just said, "Nah, it's terrible, heaps of problems." I think I'm gonna, ha- well, but you know, but that, but that's every car's like that. Yeah, you yeah. sell you sell a hundred cars. There'll be two that are definitely yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's with everything. So, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. So Dave's bought one, and I haven't caught up with him since he's got it. So I will catch up with him. Maybe Christmas time, because quite often I do go over to... Um, I was going to ask what model Paul has, but I don't know if you know the answer. Model 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that means. I just saw it on the back. <laughs> I pay that much attention. I think so, that's the general one, and then there's an X or something, which is yeah, the next... I honestly don't know. It, it, looked, it looked good. It's very simple inside. Yeah. Um, you've got a big screen thing. Well, Ford, just, yeah. Ford have just announced that they're bringing out their electric car, and they've copied the design sort of notes from the Tesla, and it's got the big-ass screen and stuff, and they've decided to call it the uh, E-Mustang or Mustang E. Which yeah. is a weird naming choice because it doesn't look like a Mustang, but they reckon that's going to be on the same par as the Tesla, so it's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, because um, Dave had the Leaf for a while, so oh, he obviously right. was checking out and yeah. making sure he was comfortable with it. And, and I think I want to say he had it for a couple of years at least. Yes, and then he's made the leap to, but, to Tesla, and he only got it a couple of months ago. And the news: uh, there's a couple of guys in Hamilton that were keen to buy one, and they were going out or. They met each other, I assume, through this process, but they went out and they'd go to a car yard and somebody would be going, oh, he said there was one guy that actually knew anything about them. Yeah. But I've only got the one colour, so if you don't like red, you're out of luck. And he goes, I don't want a red one. And then he'd go to other car yards and they don't know anything about it. So he bought a 100 of them and now has his own dealership, EV Cars in Hamilton, and all they do is electric vehicles. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Which is pretty cool. I, and I like the way that that's going. I'm hoping that will that, be a thing. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, the, that Sorry, that added a bit to the podcast. No, but yeah. that rounds out the podcast this week. Uh, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.